Hello, what is up? Welcome to Irrepressible. I am Erica Ashley. We are officially out of 2020 and OMG, I feel good about it. I know it's kind of unrealistic to think that at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, all of our problems are just going to magically disappear. But I think so many people have just had this hope and like, oh, 2021 has to be a better year that, that that energy is just kind of contagious. And, and I think if you want to create that shift in your life through intention, you can. And I think I did that for myself and I feel like I'm feeling that energy from other people. And it just makes me really excited and really happy to see where this year takes us. I have to believe that it's going to be a better year for everybody. Um, I think in my heart of hearts, I just, I know that. And, um, it makes me really hopeful and optimistic for this year. And, and so that's where I'm at. I'm, I just, I feel this energy and I feel really good right now. And I had an acting coach who a few years ago would make us all pick a word for the year. And it was kind of like this word that you held on to and it just brought you back to your mindset or a goal or a feeling or an emotion that you wanted to kind of keep in the back of your mind throughout the year. And I, I really liked that idea. And so every year I've been picking a word and this year I don't have a word fully picked out yet. I have a list and I'm narrowing it down and they're kind of ruminating in my head. But as I was thinking about a word for the year, I was also thinking about just topics of the year and kind of what what this year might encompass. And one of the first ones that came to my mind that I thought was really relatable was self-love. And I think after the year that we all just had, self-love is more important now than now than ever. And I think self-love comes down to well, there's, it looks different for everybody. It's nobody's journey is the same. And I love that through this podcast, I'm able to share stories with you because I think conversations and dialogue is where we change the norm and we change what like the stigma is around certain things. And I think, I mean, I didn't grow up really knowing about self-love or hearing about it in school or anything. And, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that you really can't pour from an empty cup. If you're on empty, like you're not helping anybody. It's just not going to work. And I love that self-love is so personal to everybody. There's a common thread between it all, but it's really just whatever you need personally for yourself. And I love I love hearing other people's stories and how unique they are and things that work for them that I may have never thought about. And it's just so cool to me to see how we are all so different, but all so the same at the same time. Um, And so this week I had Bianca Vitale on and she has a really awesome self-love journey. She was really, really vulnerable and honest and open with me. And I appreciate that so much because I think the dialogue that she is creating around this is one that needs to be had. And she has used this journey to create her career. And I think that's so inspiring and so cool. And she just has a really neat outlook on self-love and what that means and what the journey looks like. And she also just has a relatable story. And I asked her a a question at the end. I asked her, what does self-love look like for you in 2021? And her response gave me chills. I don't know what I was expecting or if I even had an expectation with that question, but the way she answered it was just perfection. And it completely changed my outlook on how I want to view this year. Um, especially in regards to self-love and what that looks like and what that means. And so I hope through conversations like this and sharing them and making this more of an open dialogue, we can start a bigger conversation. And 
I just, I really, I'm a big believer in when you share your journey and your trials and tribulations, it's going to help somebody else because I mean, I think for so long, so many of us, me included held, held a lot in because I mean, personally, I just didn't want people to think that I was having problems or like not feeling good or super anxious or like feeling depressed or like whatever it was. There's like embarrassment around that. And, and I think when you can get past that and know that other people are feeling the same way, it's just like really, really incredible and you don't feel so alone. And I love knowing that we're not alone and that we're all so much more alike than we think that we are. So I'm, I'm really hopeful for this year. I can't wait to see where it takes us all. I think so many good things came out of 2020. There were a lot of bad things in 2020, but it was really neat to see how people made the best of a really bad situation. And that gives me a lot of hope. And conversations like this one that I had with Bianca also give me a lot of hope. So here's to a year full of self-love. All right. So you are about to launch a podcast about self-love and I want to get to that in a second, but I want to start with your journey to self-love. Okay. Okay. I I was like, I knew, I knew this was coming and I, I can't lie. Like I did prep a little bit and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never really said this out loud before. So my journey to self-love is coming up for the first time. I feel like on your podcast. I'm um, like honored that you're sharing it with me. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. No, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm excited, a little nervous, but excited. Um, I, it's so interesting because my mom recently, I think it was yesterday, actually, my podcast is coming out a week from now, which I'm so excited about. Um, and she kind of just like, she stopped me in the hall and like in the hall basically. And she was like, you know, um, Bianca, like this podcast, everything you're doing will be successful if you are just totally you and completely open and truthful about everything. And I was like, like, you know, coming from my mom, like my mom is like someone who I always get advice from and just like, I respect and love. And so it just like hit me in such like a, I don't know, like, a, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like it, it was like, you're right. Cause I've just been so busy and like, you know, getting ready for the launch and doing a million things that I was just like, you are so right. Like I really need to be completely transparent now because the more transparent that I am, the more authentic anything that I put out, even like in this interview will be. So um, absolutely. Yeah. So I, it was kind of like a nice little reminder, but, um, my self love journey. Um, I think it's been going on my entire life and I haven't even processed it until recently when I decided to do a podcast about self-love, which is super interesting. Um, I think I've struggled to love myself for a good majority of my life, Mm -hmm. which is a really hard thing to admit out loud. Um, And I don't think I've like fully ever said it. So it's like, oh, wow, the first time I'm saying it is on a podcast. (laughs) Um, But I I really have... um, covered up a lot of my insecurities, um, for like ever, which is, um, wild (laughs) because I think I, this past year, I started to finally come to terms with a lot of things that have affected me my entire life. And, um, it's a lot, Mm -hmm. but it needed to happen. And it's like why I'm where I am right now. But I think that, um, I really struggled with, um, loving myself a lot, um, based off of just like looks and like what was in the media and my self image and what I just, I just really never felt like I was good enough. And I think a lot of people feel that way. It's like a very 
I know everyone goes through that. And I, that's why I chose the podcast to be about self-love because I started realizing during quarantine, I was like, okay, we're all stuck in the house and we're all on social media constantly. And this is kind of only our connection. And what is everyone talking about? Everyone's talking about how shitty they feel about themselves, literally. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not talking about it, it's exuding in their energy off of their social media. Like, it just was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just n- noticed that. And I was like, huh, this is clearly something that like is a universal topic that everyone goes through because no one just like comes out of the womb feeling like a superstar. <laughs> like you ever, we all go through like a journey and it, you know, and everyone, the self-love journey for everyone is so different. So that's kind of where I started to reflect on my journey and, um, and started to notice other people's and became really fascinated in like wanting to learn about other people and how they started their process or what it was like for them. And, um, and it really made me reflective of, of my own. And, um, yeah, I think it like started when I was younger, I noticed, um, it was a lot to do with, I was really self-conscious about the way that I looked. Mm. Um, and it's like interesting because I thought about, I was like, when was the first time that I felt that way? And I don't know when the first time was, but I do know that like, um, a moment that I could like pinpoint was when I was in fourth grade. Mm. Um, and it was right after nine 11 happened. And I was, I was like sitting in social studies class and they put it on like the little screen and it was like, you're like so young. Like I didn't know how to process it. I was like, whoa, you know? And I remember like after that, I felt really, um, just embarrassed about being Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. because I'm, um, I'm, uh, Lebanese, Syrian, Egyptian, um, and Italian too. But that in particular, like, and at the age that I was, I was like very, um, Middle Eastern look, like I just looked very, I had like very distinctive features. Like I basically had like a unibrow. I was just like really hairy. Um, I went through puberty earlier, like than everyone I felt like I felt like I was one of the first girls and I was like kind of curvier and I ended up like having like big boobs and I was just like so so painfully self-conscious of the way that I looked and I think I pinpointed it to 9-11 because after 9-11 happened like uh Middle Eastern people started getting profiled as terrorists Mm -hmm. basically which is like when I was like that young and like, I would hear like jokes being made like, Oh, your family, you know, and stuff like that. Like, Oh, I think I like literally blocked those memories out because it was just like, it's just a coping mechanism for me that I've noticed through my like journey of like, Oh, I just block things out. So I don't have to like think about it and I just move on and hopefully I'll forget about it. But now that I've started to think about all this, I'm like, oh, wow, you actually don't forget like things like that that happened mm-hmm. to you. You just, it just, it, it, it never goes away and you have to kind of deal with those things because mm-hmm. it ends up becoming part of the process of what makes you, you. Um, so that's like the first section of my life where I started to notice that like I, um, really struggled with loving myself. Um, and then I think as I got older, like in high school, I would say I started to have like body dysmorphia where I would look at like other girls. And I feel like in the nineties, I don't know for you, like when I think back to the nineties, I literally think of like, like into the early two thousands, like I think of Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like just like really 
Mary Kate and Ashley. Like yes. I just remember being a young little girl being like, I wish that I looked like them. Mm. Like, I wish I looked like that. I wish I had like lighter hair, like blonde hair and blue eyes. And I could wear like really like low jeans. Like I remember like the, the low cut jeans and like, they just like had like a flat stomach. Like then that started to like morph into like a body dysmorphia to let alone like looks because that's what like the media I feel like portrayed when we were growing up Mm -hmm. was that that was what was looked at as pretty so I didn't feel like I was that at all and I I I couldn't be that so it was unless I like got plastic surgery which wasn't happening and so I just felt like oh my god like I really uh, I hate the way that I look and, um, yeah. And then it just kind of manifested into like an eating disorder. And I think the eating disorder, I didn't really talk about for, I, I don't, I just didn't. I, I think I like knew exactly what I was doing because I was like, I can do this, this, and this in order to get skinny. And even if, if I look back at that time, it's like, I couldn't even get skinny to look like the ideal girl in my head. Like I'm naturally a curvy girl. Like I'm always going to be curvy. It's just the way that my bones are, Mm -hmm. but it is crazy to look back and be like, I was literally trying to morph myself into this image that was so far from like who I am. Mm. And I think that has an effect on that does have an effect on people and their journey and how they look at themselves. Absolutely. It's, it's really interesting to hear from your perspective because I was the opposite. I grew up and I was really skinny. I felt Mm -hmm. like I, I remember being in ballet class and I was just like a stick. And I Uh remember this one girl would call me. She's like, you look like, um, uh, like a paper towel tube. Like you were just like, skinny. And I was really skinny. I didn't have curves and I had, you know, green, blue eyes and like light blonde hair. And I was like, I wish I had dark hair and like dark eyes. And I wish I had curves. And like, it's just so interesting to me that like, we always want what somebody else has and we're not looking at our, ourselves. Yeah. Like it, it, I never, it it is so true. And you hear it all the time. Like, it's like, my mom would always say that to me. Like, I feel like, teachers would end up talking about it. Like you always are going to want something that you don't have, you know? And I feel like the natural example is like someone who has straight hair wants curly hair, someone with curly hair, like if you get it, you hear it all, blah, blah, blah. But like it really, when it's like happening to you and you're so young and you're so like, just like juvenile and like innocent, Mm -hmm. like you don't, you don't know how to control like what is, uh, what is like being morphed in your head Mm -hmm. as what perfection is. Mm -hmm. You just like see if it's around you and it's like being told like those girls are popular. That Mm -hmm. is what I see on TV and like people on TV look perfect. And, and so that's what I should be like. That's how people will like me. Um, so yeah, I, I really have never talked about that because I think I had never gone to a point. It wasn't until recently where I got to a point where I was like, oh, wow, that really did affect me. And I covered it up. Like, I I think the majority of the people who knew me when would be like, they would probably listen to this podcast right now and be like, what? I had no idea. Um, But I was really good at just like, I always like, I feel like I'm just known for like, being very smiley and bubbly and like, I just have this like really cheesy smile. That's really big. And like, that's just what my go-to is. Like I am really, I got really good. Um, and I have to watch myself now at being like, everything's good. Yeah. 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 Just like, that's just natural. Yep. No, no, I'm good. I'm like, and just like putting on a smile and kind of what now I've realized is fake. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing that I've had to come to terms with about myself. Do is, you think it was hard to ask for help or were you more embarrassed of needing help? Um, I think I was just, I was really embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Like it was to the point where it's like, I don't want to talk about feeling like, I don't want to talk about how I 
want to get like laser hair removal all over my body because then it's going to draw attention to the areas and like they're like some they're going to look and like notice it more mm-hmm. or I don't want to talk to like someone about how like I'm self-conscious about my boobs like they have stretch marks on them like because then they're going to look and they're going to start no- so I, mm-hmm. I for that for, at least for me like just not talking about it made me it was like me covering it up even more yeah which doesn't make sense like looking back on it like it's like what but it was kind of that's just what was going through my head which is wild yeah to even say out loud now well I think when you're that young it's like if you're looking at your friends and none of them seem to be having any issues it's easy to be like oh well neither do I yeah 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 yeah. totally um and yeah so that I kind of have realized that it's it then affected me in my adulthood because I just didn't um I didn't really know or want to deal with anything that was negative or made me look negative so instead of dealing with anything I would just cover up all of my problems and I think only the closest people who like you know like my best friends or people that lived with me would see like oh wow like you are in a dark place but I just was I I would just be like yay I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and just keep going and what happened was is that I did I've done that for my entire life that when quarantine happened I was literally at a point in my life where the world stopped. So my, well, it felt like the world stopped and my world stopped. And, and I was like, Oh, um, damn, I have no other, I have to like look at myself and look at all of these aspects of me because I'm in a really, really bad place. Um, like health wise, it just now, and then it turned into like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not living healthy. I, if I keep going down this path, I'm not going to, I I don't think like I would, would have died, but I would, I definitely was not setting myself up for any sort of success. It was just a very depressing mindset, lifestyle. Um, What was your lifestyle like? Just like a snapshot. Before, um, uh, I would, I was living in New York city. Um, and right after I graduated college, I moved right to New York city. Um, I had majored in musical theater. So that was just like what you did. You you go to New York city, you try to get an agent, you audition for Broadway shows, off Broadway shows, regional theater. Um, so I did that whole route and, um, I then, I think with the, the rejection of, um, my career. Cause it's so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I already had all of these, like these issues that were not, I wasn't even talking about. And I was so not comfortable with who I was. And I'm like going and I'm putting myself in front of these people and being like, pick me, like out of all these thousands of people pick me. But it's like, how was I even thinking that I would get picked when I was so, I didn't even know or feel good about myself. Nobody's going to feel good about me or want to pick me if I don't feel good about myself. So I moved to New York and I just, I think I just started to cope um, with all of that by, I, I was working in the restaurant industry. That's just something that I think you do when you're in New York or you nanny, but I, I've always worked in a restaurant. So I was, um, I, I'm a really social person. I became obsessed with meeting all different types of people. I loved living in New York. It was, it's just such a melting pot of like all different cultures and different types of people. And I love that. And it actually, I think once I moved to New York, I started to feel more comfortable with like, I was feeling more comfortable with who I was because I was finally around like so much diversity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, look at, and everyone in New York, it's like you walk down the street and they're just like so confident in like whatever fashion, whatever look like they could buzz their entire hair off and like be wearing like 
their freaking underwear and boots and they'd be like, I'm the shit. And you're like, and that energy, like, you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. You, yeah, you are the shit. Like, I love that. Like, you know, it's just like, that's just the energy and it's really like inspiring. And so I think I was feeding off of that Mm -hmm. energy and I became like so obsessed with just meeting everyone and being social. And, um, and I was working in a bar and I was like serving and bartending and doing that life. And I was, and it was like, you need to do it because New York is so expensive. So like everyone's just hustling and, and I'm like, I'm still going on auditions. Like I'm like half asleep, but I'm still going on auditions. Like, but I started becoming so involved in the social aspect Mm. and like, because the social aspect felt rewarding in a way more so than my career, because it's like, okay, well, I know if I go out, I'm going to meet people and I'm going to like, and we're going to have fun and we're going to talk about all different things and get to know each other and like have a really good time. And it felt like an escape from Mm. reality. So because I was so not happy with who I was, that escape like turned into my life as far as like drinking and drugs and um, just hanging around with all different types of people, which is, is great. But like, I think one thing that I've realized is like you, you um, take on people's energy. Mm -hmm. And so when you're around all different types of people, like I was, I was receiving all these different types of energy. So like my system was like between everything, like it was like, like, like even looking in on it now, like I'm looking in on that, like snapshot of before quarantine. And I'm like, (sighs) like anxiety, anxiety. Like I was, you know, in New York is, it doesn't sleep. So I was Mm -hmm. up until I was bartending. I was up until like an app. I would go to bed at like five, 6am on the regular. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I was, I was just like, I was in, I had toxic relationships in my life and I didn't know how to get out of them because I was not fully at that point at the beginning of quarantine. I was just in such a state of like, I'm, you know, like when you're using alcohol and drugs and, and not sleeping and not nourishing your body with food, like you, your mind starts going, you don't actually, you aren't actually present. Mm -hmm. You're constantly coming down and off of like no sleep and, and just being tired and hungry. And like, it's, it's crazy. So I just kind of was like, what felt like a non-functioning human. And I was just keeping like my body up. It felt like, like literally just being able to stand and just get up by just like treating myself with these really toxic coping mechanisms. So, yeah, I think those are the things that my mom was like, be honest. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, I don't think she, I think she like knows. I'm like, mom, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. But like, you know, she, I th- she clearly knew like I was in a bad way, but I don't think until now I've been this open and honest about it. So I think that's a step in the right direction. I've realized is like talking about it and not lying anymore and being like, yeah, I was fine. I was fine. Cause I was not fine. I was not, I was, I had, because I constantly had said I was fine for so many years. I, I, w- I wasn't. And I guess that's like rock bottom. That would be equivalent to people hitting rock bottom. And um, I think that hitting rock bottom, although it is hard, it is a huge part of a lot of people's um, self-love journeys because I think that is the moment or the period of time when you realize, okay, I something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, when quarantine happened and all of those, like my life just like, was like, Oh, I have no purpose. Like everything's gone. I like, don't have a job. I don't have a career. And even before this, I didn't really have a career. So I feel like shit about myself. Like I I feel like I didn't end up doing what I had dreamt of as a kid. And I feel like I, um, 
I don't know how to like sleep like a normal person. I don't know how to wake up and not feel sad. I don't know how to motivate myself without like taking something to give me energy, even if it is just an energy drink or relying on coffee at like the smaller amount. And that's a really, really scary feeling when you're like, I don't know how to wake up and live. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's where, <laughs> that was the long answer to where I, the, where I was <laughs> yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I think what you just said, though, about this being a step in the right direction is so true because here you are saying that you kept telling everybody you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. How many other people do you think are doing the exact same thing because nobody else is talking about it and saying, this isn't, this is, you're not fine. This isn't okay. And it's okay to admit it and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And even the people who do say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they have those people who enter their life lives or their close family or friends and they're like what is going on like are you okay like sometimes even when you're hearing and receiving that you're kind of just like you hear it and you're like I know I know I know I know like in your head you're like I know I know I know it it actually made it when the when those situations would happen it would make me even more anxious because I'd be like "Uh uh-huh yeah 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 I I I know I I know all this but Uh, like, and then I would just push them away Mm. because I wasn't ready to deal with it because it's just like to think of like, oh my God, I need to heal myself. Like of all of these really dark traumas, toxic habits, like it just seems overwhelming. So I think a way that people, even if they are having people reach out to them being like, are you okay? Do you need help? Sometimes people just need to hit their rock bottom because it really you nobody can force you to like do anything it's like with a someone who's a recovering alcoholic or drug addict like your family can feel so sad for you and they can force you to go to like the most expensive rehab and maybe you'll be sober for like the next six months or year but if they're just going for their family and friends they're not actually they'll they will end up relapsing because mm-hmm. they're not doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it really comes, it, it has to do with you wanting to make a change for yourself. Mm-hmm. So for um, you, what sparked the like, I need to do this for me because a lot of people around you had been saying, are you fine? Are you okay? What's going on? What was um, it that made you realize? Well, I think for me, obviously it it was, it was quarantine happening mm-hmm. or like, you know, COVID and the world was like, um, and it's so sad to like, cause I know so many people died and it's like, that's, and it was, it's just been like a really hard year for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like losing my job and, um, or having, cause I worked in the restaurant industry and that just like closed in New York. So, mm-hmm. um, and like, not really like having much success in my career at that point. So I had to like move home because I was like, I can't, I can't afford to stay in New York right now, long-term, like it's so expensive Mm -hmm. and I'm just deteriorating away. I think I was there for like the first month or two and I had gotten COVID. So I was really sick and I was just like, what felt like I was on my deathbed, just like in this tiny ass apartment, looking out the window, just being like, oh my God, like what, what, what is like the purpose of my life right now? Because even if I got better from COVID, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to lay in this bed. I can't go out. <laughs> I can't do what I normally did, which was go out and drink every night and just like distract my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm literally stuck in the house. Mm -hmm. like with all of my problems and I'm really overwhelmed. And so I think that was the point where I was just like, I need to move home. It just makes sense financially. And I think my mom was really concerned about me and she's like, you need to come back. And I got home and I was still stuck in the house in another house with like all of these, like, (laughs) like, issues but I Mm -hmm. I think that 
that started the work just by removing myself from the environment that was um, enabling all of like the toxic traits and Mm -hmm. activities in my life. And so when I removed myself from that, I started to really um, like be with myself and Mm -hmm. in a sober way, which was crazy because I, I didn't even realize it took me like two or three months to detox my entire body. Like to the point where I was like able to um, like sleep normally and um, eat normally. Like th- this is such a random example. And my friend actually pointed it out to me. My nails started growing again. I know that's so weird. I always had like really short, brittle nails just because I don't think I was nourishing my body. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I noticed, like I, my nails were growing so long and I was like, what is going on? But I, I, I just was like putting it all together. I was like, oh, it's because I'm like taking care of myself. So when little things like that, I started to notice over the course of time were happening, like, oh, I'm sleeping and I'm waking up like with more energy. Like I'm actually waking up in the morning. Okay. That's a little improvement. Okay. I'm I'm eating, I'm starting to eat breakfast, which is like fueling my day. That's a little improvement. And all of those little things started adding to me being like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can start like tackling all of these things because as I was like nourishing my body and my mind with like positive information, like I was reading things, I was like reading books about like meditation and journaling and like positive outlooks on life. And so I was feeding my mind with like positivity and I was feeding my body actually finally with, you know, food and nourishment. My whole mind just started to become more and more and more and more clear. And it was like a crazy transformative process for me because I don't even think I realized it was happening, Mm. but it naturally did just from taking out from literally what felt like putting myself in a rehab that was unintentional Mm. which is it's crazy but it it's it is the reality of it and it it definitely took months but I'm really happy that it happened yeah so yeah and then that's how kind of the whole podcast got manifested itself from thinking, um, I feel like for you, cause I've kind of seen your journey with this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I see it being healing for you, but also wanting to heal other people. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I definitely have seen the benefits of this whole process for myself and it hasn't even been a year, which is crazy, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'll, it's like, I feel, I don't want to say I feel like a different person. Cause it's like, I obviously still feel like B, like I still feel like Bianca, but I feel like a really happy version of me. Mm-hmm. And so, and it feels so good to be able to like wake up and like, be like, okay, like I'm not like, I, I don't have like, uh, bad anxiety like that's what I call like I a lot of people like even when I'm talking to you I'm like I'm really busy right now and I'm like I'm stressed but it's like a good stress Mm -hmm. like it's like a good busy it's a good like anxiety if that makes sense like it's like I still have anxiety but it's because I'm like oh my god okay what can I do for myself today I can do all these different things and it's going to make me feel good. Okay, cool. Like I, I want to do it all. Like I'm just so excited and I'm seeing like how that's like taken over my entire mind and my body. And I'm like, I think i like, I want to just give that knowledge out to other people and like help other people who are in that same place of like, just feeling lost. And like, I don't have anyone I don't have, or I, and I don't want anyone and I don't, I don't know where to start and I don't know how to feel and I just don't feel good. And I'm like, okay, I totally get that feeling. I think that's what I 
pride myself on right now is that I'm really, I really understand, like I try, I, I really try. And if I don't understand, I try to understand hardships that other people are going through. And I'm like, okay, let me try to teach you what I did. And hopefully I can give you little bits and pieces will resonate with you. And you can add that into your process and then create your own way Mm -hmm. to get you to a place where you feel just happy again with who you are. Mm -hmm. So that's That's awesome. I'm like, already my energy is like up talking about that. So I, I literally can feel it. I can see it on your face. I can just, and like the way you're moving your body, it's like, I can tell that you're so like, this is your purpose. Yeah. And I think sometimes as hard as it is to admit, like we went through traumas and struggles and, you know, everybody has a story, but like you said, without those, you're not the person that you are today and you can't be helping people the way that you are now. Yes. Like that's just exactly how I feel. And I, I'm happy that it's coming across like that. Cause I think that's the whole, that's what I've come to terms with and accepted. And I think that's why like my, my mom said that to me the other day, like, she's like, be, be as open and honest with people and, and just be you. Cause Mm -hmm. I, that's where you're going to find, I don't, she's like, I don't even know if you want to find success like in this, but like, I think you will find it if you are just completely honest. And so I, I, I may, I set the intention today with this interview. Like I was like, or the, I was like, I have to, I have to stay true to that. And even though I'm going to talk about things that still make me uncomfortable, and still are really awkward for me to share maybe and make me feel like a little embarrassed. It's, it's good. It's a good, I'm glad that I'm forcing myself to do that because yeah, I think people, um, people, people can relate. And if they don't relate, I'm not saying they'll relate fully, but maybe they'll relate to like one small snippet of it. And then that will, that'll be a catalyst for like, okay, well, and maybe I can start working on, maybe I'll start dealing with my shit, you know, and mm-hmm. it just turns into this like snowball effect. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you deal with, um, social media now? Um, oh, it's so, it's so crazy. So like even my journey with social media is very similar to, um, like my self-love journey, it like kind of aligned in a parallel pad or way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, first of all, I think I was addicted to social media, like everyone else. Like I was such a culprit of like aimlessly scrolling and just taking, mindlessly taking in information and like content that was clearly feeding like all of the insecurities that I had about myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I used to just think like, I did that for years just because in a weird way, it, it felt like when I would be scrolling, like, it's kind of like, uh, like with an addiction, like it's a, like, it's just a habit, like mm-hmm. to just, I don't know, just you're on your phone scrolling. Like you don't feel like talking to someone, you just ignore, like people just start ignoring people by scrolling or you just want to like, you're stressed out and you're like, I need a break from work. I'm just going to scroll and just like let my mind, but when my m- mind wander while I'm scrolling. But the thing that I think that people are starting to realize is like, I'm letting my mind wander with an addiction that's like feeding me really toxic energy. Mm-hmm. And I did that for so long to the point where I had a fear of like posting. Like I would literally, I would edit photos for hours and then not post them. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what would, like, just because I was like, okay, I, I was like, I think I feel good about this picture. I think I like it of myself, but I don't like this. Like I look like this, let me make, let me make my nose look smaller. Let me make my, let me make myself look skinnier. And then I'm like, and then like, oh, and then this filter, but do I like this filter? What makes me look better? And then it would just turn into this like crazy psychological fucked up process that I'm like doing to like literally make myself look different than I actually am because that's what happens. Like Mm -hmm. you end up putting on so many different filters and 
edits that you like look at the picture and you know deep down even if you do post it you're like I don't look like that mm-hmm. I literally don't look like that <laughs> and and so I would get to that point where I'm like I'm not gonna post it and I just I just wouldn't post it mm-hmm. or um I would not I would just I would not I, I think because I didn't know who I was I also didn't know what avenue of like, do I share this side of me? I don't know. People don't know that side of me because I was basically being very fake with who I actually was and how I was feeling. So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. Should I share this and like be open for once about like my insecurities? No, no one's going to care. So why would I post that? I'm just going to look like that girl. Like all of those things would run through my mind. So then I just like stopped, like I stopped posting and I was just using it to basically feed another toxic habit or addiction of just like looking at other people feeling great about their filtered ass lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, and I was making me feel like shit about mine. Um, and I did that for years. And then when um, still even during quarantine, when I was like going through all of my dealing with everything, I still didn't feel comfortable enough posting. I tried maybe a few times it gave me anxiety every single time I did not because I was still trying to figure out like who I really was at my core and I think it was like probably a month ago or no no even like three weeks ago I was like okay my podcast is coming out my podcast is all about self-love um my self-love journey is not complete it's gonna keep uh expanding and growing but I need to start um, giving off that energy of like, I'm, I want you all to know that I'm loving myself again. Mm-hmm. And I want, and then, and sharing that process because it's going to be shared on my podcast. So I kind of had to be like very firm with myself and just like do the first post and be like, just freaking do it. Just post it and do it and be done with it. And I posted it and I was like, like I, I built up the anxiety and then I did it. And I was like, okay, that was, that was, that was easy. Let me try another one in like a few days and like truly just sit with myself and be like, what photo makes me feel great? Like I look at it, I feel good. I look good to me Mm -hmm. and I have like a message or I don't have a message. Maybe it's just like a goofy little like emoji that I want to put. I don't care. I'm just going to post it. And because I think I feel good. And I, and again, I I want for people to see that. Um, And, and then it just like once after that first post, I finally put out, I, all of my anxiety has gone away. I don't know why it is really bizarre, but I, I think I've become so rooted in like the, what I want for my podcast and like the, the goal for it and like the, what it's all about. And like that I just want, and I'm so happy where I'm at right now. I'm so happy to be putting out this podcast for everyone. I'm so happy for people to like have it as a resource to feel good about themselves and like start that process for them. And so I think once I became confident about that, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, I don't get, I shouldn't give a fuck what like other people think of me. I just, it, it's all about me feeling good about myself. And if it feels good to post whatever feels good in the moment, then that's, that's a great thing for anyone to, as long as people feel good about what they're saying and like how, and, and they feel good in an outfit. Like it was literally like that guy walking down the street in New York, like had a shaved head, was in literally weird underwear and like boots, like he felt really good. And I felt that energy. Is that my style? No, it's not a lot of people's style. I don't think, but I felt that energy and I, and I was, I was like, okay, I'm with that. I'm with that energy. So I think when you start posting with that mentality, it just becomes like, you don't really care what you post because you feel good and that's all that matters. And then people are going to be attracted to that and they're going to want to support you. They're going to be like, oh, you feel great. I can tell you, keep going. Okay. What are you doing? Oh, well, I I just posted because I feel good in this outfit. Well, you look great. And then you start thinking, okay, well, I I look great. So 
maybe let me get another outfit like that's similar that makes me look great or so I don't know something like that but that's the mentality that you want to keep around you I think I love that because I think when I go on social media and I think Instagram especially because it's videos photos you know um yeah it radiates behind a photo what somebody's energy is and I earlier this year got rid and unfollowed people who I felt like were making me compare myself or that I felt like were complaining or didn't have a good outlook on life anything that felt draining because that energy what you're saying it you can feel it and people like I want to follow people who feel good about themselves because it's going to make me feel good about myself yeah because you you it's I feel like it's a thing that's talked about a lot now like unfollow the people that make you feel like shit and I I I do agree like that or like mute them or whatever Mm -hmm. and it, it feels like I do have to admit it does feel I do feel not like great that this is like a normal conversation yeah. that I that I am having with people but the fact of the matter is is that social media is it's a way that people market themselves it's a lot of people's businesses now it's just a part of life and so I kind of have changed the dialogue in my head to be like it's a part of life I'm gonna need it for my business I do like posting when I do feel good so like let me just always think about it in a positive way and think about it like that. And, and even that way for other people, like, okay, the accounts that I follow just like you are ones that are like, that I just feel good when I see other, like, it's not, it's just like, I I'm like, Oh my God, they're completely like in their element. That's awesome. Oh my God. They made me laugh. They're hilarious. That's great. Oh my God. They look so freaking beautiful. That's awesome. Like I love it. When you, look at it in that light, it starts to become like, it's, I think it, 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 it's more about the way that you look at it. And because if you use it as a comparison tool, once it starts getting in that direction, Mm -hmm. like you're constantly comparing yourself. I think, I think it is good to compare yourself to people because it gives you like, I like that in that person. And if you see something that you like in a person, you're like, that means you have it within you. Like Mm -hmm. you're capable of it. I I think that a lot of time people are like, oh, like it's not good to be like compare yourself, but sometimes it is because you, you get ideas from other people and then those ideas can spark into like your own sort of style and way of life. But I think it's when it starts to become debilitating, which it can, and it's like, that's when it becomes negative and toxic. And that's when you have to take a step back and be like, okay, how is social media playing a presence in my life right now? And if it's playing a toxic presence, if it is a toxic presence in your life, get rid of it for a week or a month and realign with yourself and who you are and figure out, okay, what do I like about myself? I don't want to compare myself to people anymore. And think about all the negative things. What do sit with yourself and figure out what do I like about myself? What do I want to share if I could share something? And if I don't feel like sharing anything, I don't need to be on this thing to make me feel like crap about it, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I completely agree with you. If, if it's all about energy and, and the, the, the accounts that bring you that kind of like sick stomach feeling or like you just feel like oh my god I need to go get plastic surgery or I need to like I don't know buy more clothes like just don't just walk away and um take it out of your life because you don't need it yeah it's super empowering too to be like I don't have to feed into this yes it is it's so empowering and I hope that the generation that's underneath us right now kind of starts to embody that because Mm -hmm. I think that social media is like so a part of their life it's kind of like really scary and I think it's just it's gonna be a part of their life and it's again it's like something that I've battled with being like ah like I hate talking about social media as like such a active part of my life but it is I don't know but it just is. <laughs> I don't know what else to say other than like it, it. The media is how we get all of our information right now, and um, 
and it's you have to just filter what is good for you what you resonate with what feels right what doesn't feel right and I think that a lot of kids should be kind of taught that Mm -hmm. now that it is such a big part of the world Mm -hmm. in which we live in um because I I hope that um I think I hope with my podcast that I can get a younger audience like because when I thought about like who do I want to target and I'm like I could really target anyone like anyone who's just feeling lost so that's like a wide range of ages you can feel lost when you're older you feel lost when you're younger you feel at any time in your life but I have started to like want to be um to target the younger generation so that they can start getting in a mindset now that like social media does play a big role in their lives and what you're consuming does affect you. So start at a young age, realizing what feels good to you and what doesn't and taking out what doesn't feel good to you. And, and, and because I don't think it's talked to, it's not taught because who's going to teach a there's no there's no class in school like can you imagine how amazing that would be though to teach kids self-love yeah I mean school yeah I wish I think it should be a thing yeah and I I think it just should be a thing that the that's incorporated into the schooling system to just be like okay especially now that all of these classes are online yeah they're literally always in front of a screen Everyone, it, it, because of the quarantine, ju- it, just because of how every, the world has transformed, I, I think having a dialogue with the younger generation about the effects of the screen and your brain is, it, 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 it has effects. And I yeah. think if they're explained at a younger age, it will help with like so much, um, so much relief of confusion of who, mm-hmm. who, who, the, the questions of like who I am and what I want to do and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think people uh, these days are getting really creative with how you teach things like that. And so it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like a boring subject. Like I think it could be really fun and helpful and just a life tool for these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if they, I don't know, like created like a a post that, you know, like create an Instagram post that makes you that like incorporates this element of self-love and like also incorporates an interest or like a a job that you may want to have in the future. Like, and I I don't know, like just in a creative sort of way, like Mm -hmm. even if it's an, if it's an art class type of like thing. Like, I, I think that would be really great for, um, the younger generation, even probably myself at this point. Yeah, I would, I would take it. <laughs> I, I'm all about like taking classes right now and just like learning new things. Um, so yeah, I think anything that has to do with a positive, um, insight with social media or a positive relationship with social mm-hmm. media, great lesson moving forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beautifully nasty. Your podcast launches January 6th. Um, do you want to give people, obviously it's self-love. We've talked about this a lot. Do you want to explain a little bit about your structure to it? Cause I think the way you're doing it is really unique and really cool. Yes. Um, so I am structuring the podcast. Like every month we're going to have a different topic. Um, I, the whole concept of the podcast was how to love yourself in a given circumstance. So every episode when I was first planning, it was like, I was so overwhelmed by how all these different aspects of life affect your self-love. So I was like, oh my God, I can do an episode of how to love yourself in addiction when you have an addiction. And then the addiction, we could go into like an alcoholism, alcoholism, an eating disorder. Uh, And I started like breaking down all these different areas of life into like subsections And so it then inspired me to come up with the concept of every month we are going to talk about a different um, area of life where people struggle to love themselves. So for the first month, um, which is January and the start of the new year, I decided to pick a very universal 
topic that we all are going through and it is COVID-19 and quarantine life and just the struggles that come along with that and the the journey that it takes to love yourself during this really, really, really difficult time. So I try to, um, I have four guests. So every, it, the episode comes out or drops every Wednesday. Um, and every episode I interview a new person or a special guest, and we will be talking about a specific area of how to love yourself within that given circumstance. So the month of January will be, I have a therapist who comes on and talks about the mental effects that it has had on people. Um, I have a life coach coming on who talks about how it affects relationships in your life or how it affects people who are single, who don't, who are living alone, vice versa. Um, I have someone who's talking about a, a business that she created for artists during this time and how she dealt with her depression, but then like created a business during it. And it's just, I'm so excited because I, I tried to create this like story arc of like, let's talk about the shitty part of it and like, just get it out and deal with the, the depression aspect. And then let's try to find inspiration of what to do when you feel depressed and how you can create, find your purpose and use this time. And then look at this person who, who used this time and created um, this really amazing platform and you, everyone has that within them. You you all can do it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just hoping that it reaches people and people get inspired or at least find a, a place within a community that I hope to create where people can be like, Oh, I relate. Can I, can we talk? Um, Mm -hmm. I relate. Can I reach out to that person that you were talking to? Um, yeah. So I'm just like, I'm so excited. Um, and that's how I came up with the name beautifully, the beautifully nasty podcast, which is all about the beautifully nasty journey that goes into loving yourself because it is a really difficult, gross process that doesn't feel good a lot of the time, but when you deal with it and you go through it and you go through all the ups and downs and you really figure out what feels good to you and what doesn't and you just do the work, it it is a really beautiful result um, when it happens. And so that the name represents the journey and the process. So what does self-love look like for you in 2021? Um, uh, it looks like for me, um, I think waking up the majority of the days, because I still understand that not every day is going to be, um, full of happiness and butterflies and sunshine and all that stuff. (laughs) Um, but it looks like for me, just being able to wake up every day and feel really excited because I get to be me another day and I get to be here and feel really fulfilled with all of the things that I'm doing with my life and feel like I have a purpose. Um, Yeah. So I think it's just going to solely just to be able to be me. Finally, <laughs> it, it took a while, but I, I, I feel really good going into 2021. I love that answer. That's like the best answer ever. Thank you. I like, I, and I'm telling you before, if you had spoke to me like last year or the year, I don't even know. I would have never been like, I would have been like, that's so cheesy. Like, that's corny as hell. Like, oh, what? Like, just to try to be like cool or whatever. Or I don't even know. Like, I just would be like, no. But inside, I'd be like, oh, I wish I could be like, you know, like, so it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's a good feeling to be able to be myself and the good and the bad and be honest and open about it finally. So, yeah. I think that is cool. Yeah. Like that is what cool is. I think it, I think it is too. It's cool to just be whoever you are. 
So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Where can everybody find you and your podcast? Yes. Um, everyone can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is uh, Bianca Vitali with three E's at the end and an underscore. And then you can find the podcast Instagram. It's called Beautifully Nasty Pod on um, Instagram. And then um, the it's actually crazy. I think while I was doing this interview, I got a screenshot from my friend who texted me um, that she subscribed on Apple and she's my first subscription. So I guess that my podcast is on Apple <laughs> podcasts and Spotify. It's live. It's freaking live. So I'm like, holy crap. I'm, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I didn't want to look like while, while we were talking, but I, I kept seeing like, a, like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, oh my, uh, oh, is she okay? Like what's going on? And that's what it was. So <laughs> It's all happening. It's yeah, happening. So you can check um, check me out on those platforms and subscribe. And there will be an episode out every Wednesday. And the trailer's up now. So if you want to get a little glimpse into my quirky little thing that I created to describe it, please check it out. It's up there. Thank you for being so honest and open and vulnerable. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Like we, we did this. We, we did this during quarantine. We figured out what we wanted to do. And I think we both want to help people with their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we, we obviously connected because of that. And I'm so excited for your 2021 and everything that's going to come with this podcast. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like so giggly. <laughs> uh.